and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about cats. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. My name is Jason. We're doing book two, The Visitor, today. Like last week, I also have the two different covers for you guys. I'm going to show you. I'm going to turn my camera on, despite the fact that I look like a monster. Here's the OG cover. Yes. Blonde turned into cat. Yep. Yes. And you can see it's a a, bla- a gray and white cat, <laughs> which is... Yeah, it's uh, described in the book as a black and white cat. <laughs> but isn't the photo like you can see almost before she turns, it looks like orange and white? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, there's a total like, yeah. change. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's definitely not like it's described in the book. It's also like hand-painted, almost, yeah. compared with last yeah. time, which was a very rudimentary computer oh. graphics <laughs> image. Oh, do you know who the 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 model looks like for that? Um, what's that actress's name? I remember her mostly from um, that Zac Efron movie with the frat boys, but it's the second one. Um, Twenty two Jump Street? No, 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 no. That's that's with Channing Tatum. Um, oh, the it, one where they're having like an uh, like a a feud a soror- with their neighbors. Yeah, and it's the sorority because the first one's about a fraternity. The second one is about a sorority. Um, that's. <laughs> that's not uh, in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I think it's like literally neighbors oh, too. I'll find her. Oh, Rogan yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, so okay, her name is Chloe Grace Moret. Moret. Oh yeah, she does. Yes. She does kind of give off that vibe from Kick Ass. She's Hit Girl from Kick Ass. Oh yeah, that is a breakout she's, role. Um, yeah. she's Cameron Post in the Miseducation of Cameron Post, <laughs> which is a m- movie that nobody saw. Um, and then here's the reprint. Oh, okay. Well, at least that one's a black and white cat. Yeah. And you can kind of see she looks a little bit more like a modern type model. Mm-hmm. She looks older. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners, it's a blonde young girl that the cover can actually, um, when turned from side to side, more from the human into a black and white cat image. It's uh, holographic. I, don't, I think this is a collector's item. Which I don't have any McElroy signatures in this one, but um, maybe I'll need to get that and sell it on eBay. Because they the in the like kind of reprints of the reprints, they changed it so that it's just like kind of halfway to cat. Like I guess what this is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, on the back, it has a picture of her with like cat ears, yeah. and it's really weird. It's the middle morph. So yeah, this is a Rachel book. Um, what did you guys think? Um. Okay. So. I like I guess started out kind of cool you know like but then like probably through it I was like wow are they gonna do anything and then like at the end I was like okay this is where the tension comes in and it started getting like oh okay I get it because the first book there's like lots of different points of like tension and so like at least like three or four and this book it was just like really only the one at the end and so i was like oh my god like do something (laughs) exactly so that's how i felt about it so um yeah and i i want to like rachel (laughs) i have intentions of and 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 want to not fully there yet i guess is the summary Mm mm-hmm we t- talked kind of last last book about how Jake is kind of a dummy, and I feel like in this one they weren't really sure kind of what direction they wanted to go with Rachel. No. 
Like her character traits are shopping and gymnastics right now, and that's pretty and much told it. Told that she's pretty and should be a model. So <laughs> yeah, but but not believing it and being like, but I want to be smart too. Yeah. Which yeah. I which I relate, you know, being like <laughs> super gay and fashionable. People don't always like assume that I was good at school or into like comics and you know a lot of you know. Um, that sort of a media and whatnot. So I get that need. Like, like when I had school t- like tests, I would like intentionally dress a lot more bland. I would like, I'm not going to let nobody, even the teacher judge me and hand in my paper and be like, I bet it's, <laughs> I bet it's shit because he obviously doesn't spend time studying. And I'm like, I'm not going to let you think that about me. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, I can do both at the same time. Oh, okay. So nobody puts baby in a corner kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how dare you underestimate me, even though this is an entire conversation in my head. <laughs> like one-sided. <laughs> so I like kind of related to her for that. But she was like like I'm kind of with you there, Kate. Like like I was like almost across the line to like be like really like behind her character. And then like I don't I think maybe for me I was like, oh my gosh, Rachel, stop being so like ethical. We'll go into like the um you know, she she has actually a problem with like some of the things, or one of the things she has to like the main thing she has to do in the book. I was like, oh my god, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're not gonna like Cassie. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'll, I'm interested in seeing developing, but sorry, yeah, Kate, we I cut you off. Uh, did you have other thoughts to add? Um, I mean, like, yeah, her ethics were interesting. How it came in play with uh you know how what she had to do as an animorph in this book first now what she preferred to do uh he, um girl uh but in all honesty yeah i agree with you just also like grow up and kill some just you gotta do what you gotta, gotta do, do what you need yeah. to do <laughs> um oh well and so we broke it up a little bit differently this episode um so that i wasn't the one taking all the notes um and i feel like yeah like jason was saying that not as much happens in this one so it's not going to be as extensive of an episode but um we broke it up so kate you have the first section if you want to get started on we can start going through the summary um so obviously rachel is our narrator here for book two called the visitor so she kind of starts off with reviewing um, the last book's events, um, basically giving all of us a quick summary. And so we start off with Rachel and her friends actually morphed around and flying uh, as birds uh, together in the sky. She being uh, a bald eagle, Jake has morphed into a peregrine falcon and Tobias is permanently a red tail hawk because he stayed in morph way too long in book one and so now he can never morph back into human and then cassie and marco uh, have morphed into the same uh osprey and uh rachel is diving and flying with tobias in the air enjoying the sensations of flying when she as a human gets too much into her head about flying tobias like coaches her and is super sweet and says, okay, just let the eagle take a part uh, of, uh, over your morph. And uh, it knows how to fly, so you can trust it. So, Because she was like, panicking that she was going to fall to her death. And uh, this kind of brings up to the conflict that there's two minds in every morph. The animal and the human. And that can cause issue and conflict. Or it can be used to their benefit, depending on what type of situation that they're in. Oh, and they make a whole thing, too, about how... Jake is the peregrine falcon, and so he's the fastest, because that's the fastest animal on Earth. 
And then Rachel is this giant bald eagle that's like really heavy. Like she's her morph is the biggest out of all of their bird morphs and also the most powerful. I I have a question. So the peregrine falcon is the fastest animal on earth? Because uh-huh. in a dive, it can reach up to s- speeds of up to like 217 miles per hour or something like that. Oh, shit. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I feel like I'm noticing a trend. Like, is Rachel going to be like the tank? I mean, she was the, <laughs> she, she was elephant, the, uh, bald eagle, eagle, tank. Like, she, she's just all the big animals, like, you know. And then is, uh, I guess, yeah, Jake was like peregrine falcon and tiger. So, like. Is she the mustard question? Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) That's why she's my favorite. So she's not the starfish. (laughs) She's just trying something new there, apparently. But with all the morphings, I gotta say, it's actually, like, the last few weeks, like, I've been morphing in my dreams. Oh, that's so awesome. (laughs) It's just like, it just like happens. I'm like, it's like, it's nothing related to the plot of Animorphs. I'm just all of a sudden now turning into animals and turning back out of them in my dreams. (laughs) So I did have a side note. So Andalites are the alien creatures that have bequeathed uh, these morphing powers uh, to these five kids so that they can help fight the Yurks until more Andalites can actually get to Earth to help defend uh, and uh, take down the Yurks themselves. But, um, are Andalites just evolved Yurks? Or maybe they have a common mm. ancestor, those two alien species? Because Andalites acquire DNA to take over another being's body or clone themselves, basically, to, like, another being, whether that be, like, an Earth animal or other alien-type species. And they replicate them. But Yurks are just parasitically able to commandeer uh, another body. It, it just seems like very similar properties that, but just Andalites are more advanced in terms of that evolutionary strain. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of throw that out to Morgan and see if she would give us a hint. <laughs> well, two things. First of all, you solved it. You solved the problem. Oh, Yurks could just have morphing <laughs> technology and then they would have a body. Great. We solved it. <laughs> uh, secondly, they do heavily, like it's it's mm-hmm. significantly addressed later, both the evolution thing and <laughs> the technology thing. Okay. Many, many books later. Yeah, there there's a lot of holes are filled in in this series. There's 64 books. <laughs> they can do that. <laughs> All right, so the kids are flying around, uh, and then uh, suddenly shots are fired, and they feel a zip of bullets passing um, their wings. And uh, they look down, and actually two hunters are in the woods below um, shooting at them. Um, Are bald eagles illegal to shoot? Yeah, right? They are. You can't, it's illegal to kill bald eagles, and they shot at her. (laughs) When has it ever stopped people with guns from doing doing shit? Good point. You know, like, even people that, like, are big game hunters that, like, supposedly, like, do it for conservation reasons or, you know, pay a park, which helps other things to shoot sick dead animals or not dead animals. But I'm, I, I got a whole thing about prize hunting. I am not into it. Like, yell at me in the comments or whatever, but don't be shooting <laughs> elephants or lions, even if they're This sick. is a pro-animal <laughs> podcast. Who would have thought? Does anybody wonder? <laughs> I also like how one of the guys is named Chester, which is, like... I was going to say Cletus, but I didn't want to be that obvious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, 
So Rachel gets very mad and she uh, shouts in mind speak to her friends. Um, I can't believe this. Uh, I am a national symbol. I'm a bald eagle. What's the matter with these creeps? Uh, so Marco tells her, hey, they're getting ready to shoot again. So she leads uh, all of her bird uh, morph friends down to retaliate, soaring out of the way and diving down into the forest. And they dodge through stealthily flies right up behind the two guys that have a rifle sitting in their pickup. And she snatched the rifle right away from them and happens to, you know, scratch him up a bit uh, as well with her talons. And then uh, Tobias also takes the liberty of uh, scratching him up, too, with uh, his uh, red tail hawk talons. And Marco comes up and he takes the beer can because apparently these two guys <laughs> are, look like teenagers and uh, they are too young, really, to be drinking. Um, Rachel flies uh, with the rifle out um, of the forest uh, onto the beach, which are by the beach, and she drops him uh, the rifle out into the ocean, and then Marco throws the beer can away. <laughs> I like that detail of, like, we're still throwing it in the trash. I mean, the, the gun goes in the ocean, but the beer can goes in the recycling bin. Yes. I mean... <laughs> hey, it's never too late to embrace recycling, kids. <laughs> Save the planet for reals. <laughs> We're dying. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay, so uh, there are two hours. Uh, uh, we're almost up with being morphed in these particular animal bodies. So they fly back to an abandoned church by the beach, and they roosted up in the bell tower uh, because that's where they originally uh, flew out uh, to begin with, and that's where their clothes were. They morphed back into their human selves, um, and uh, they can morph now in skin-tight clothing. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was my dog. Uh, he had, you know, a little bit of a shake. <laughs> Pro-animal podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so they can morph now in skin-tight clothing so they don't morph back um, as completely naked uh, <laughs> every time uh, so they don't embarrass themselves in front of their friends. Uh, Decency is important, guys. Um, but their other looser clothing like uh, shoes and like sweatshirts and things uh, don't make the cut. So the kids are kind of like talking mid-morph and Cassie has the most talent for morphing. She's able to change um, her body uh, back to human, but she kept her wings uh, as a bird um, still going at like uh, her wing. Her arms are spread out as like gigantic wings and that's the last thing to morph. So she kind of looked like an angel as she was like morphing back uh, to her human self. So, like, my side here is, like, mid-morphing is, like, kind of like a thing, this book. It kind of goes a little bit more into partial morphs and them able to, like, kind of, like, more part way into their different animal uh, animals that they've acquired. So, I noted here, because um, she, so she's just a human with her arms are bird wings. And Jake is like, whoa, that's cool. Do you think you could fly? And Cassie laughs and is like, no, Jake, this body is about 80 pounds. It's not built for flying. And I think that's like <laughs> just an extension of our dummy Jake from last book. <laughs> like, no, Jake, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Jake is described by Rachel as like a big guy. And I'm sorry, again, back to book one cover. He looks like a 10 year old. I mean, what? seriousness is this kid a big guy yeah didn't she describe him like about muscles or something at one point and just like 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 okay like who are these kids are they is he is he on the high school football team yes. or are they like in middle school no he didn't make the middle school basketball team okay yeah so it is middle school <laughs> i will 
say this though. No, I've had some hips on me when I was on the girls' basketball team, and granted, like everybody else was slender and beautiful. But when you have a little bit of weight and you're playing basketball, you can shove those oh, girls yeah. up and down the court all <laughs> you want. Body check. Yeah, you want a little <laughs> bit of weight. Charles Barkley it up. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm also like, you know, the day of like school sport tryouts, like maybe because I did sports like like tennis and uh, swimming and stuff. But like, there was no tryouts. It's like, you just made it. You just might not have been like good or put per, no. put on certain things. But like, you, there was no like tryouts for like being on the team. But like, for I think for it being like, usable. Yeah, you know, it's sort of it's like, how just do it practice. My school but. that I work at, um, the track team is like, everybody if you try out you make it which it has been like really great for people of like various body types who are on track Mm -hmm. and like some of them are are pretty like they're bigger and they make they make the meets like they qualify to actually compete and like it's great so there's like 250 people though on the uh track team at my high school so cool that makes a nice community yeah it's really awesome and you know, before the normal times. I mean, I'm not a track coach or anything. I just go out there and run after school. And they it would be really funny because you could tell they were running faster because they're like, well, I can't be slower than the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, on page 17, I'm just going to start calling out um, Marco's idiocy as really Marco. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of these in book one, and it continues in book two. Uh, Marco, uh, goes uh look jake how many times have you been walking around the mall or whatever um and you a girl who's really good looking from far off but when you get closer it turns out she's a dog i mean if you see well all the time like he's referring to bird and then rachel goes excuse me i'm sure i didn't hear you say what i thought you just said and marco's like i wasn't being sexist uh it goes both ways see from far off i look taller than i am and then it goes into describing marco's a little self-conscious about being short Oh, yeah. I think we, Jason and I talked about this, like, off mic, but so it says she's a dog in the reprint. That's the reprint. In the original version, it says she's a skank. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, (laughs) so it's like ridiculous. And it's like, you're not even using that word right. Or like, I guess, like, how it would be used more like, contemporarily, like, yeah, it would it would be like a slut shamey word. Just like Marco, in... like whatever. Damn, dude. Well, and they reuse this word multiple times in the series. Uh, one time I really remember is when they're talking about wild horses. So essentially, they're using it to mean like scruffy. But in this case, I think it's the the case of like the olds are writing the book. You can't you can't <laughs> tell from far away. She's a skank. I was like, what did you, did you did you get close? And then all of a sudden you could see she was, like, loose with her genitals. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did she look like a, a hooker with, like, a cigarette and, like, <laughs> and like a giant short cropped fur jacket, which I would love. It's probably leopard print. <laughs> Or pink. Or pink. Or both. <laughs> I mean, what's the connotation that you get when he's calling a girl a dog? Because I'm picking as derogatory. It's, yeah, it's still derogatory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I was saying that she, she says dog, and that's yeah. still pretty bad. Or he he says dog, and that's still pretty bad. And But in the old one, it was skank, which is, like, even yeah. worse. 
Because he's he's basically yeah. like, from far away, she's fine. Up close, she's ugly. And then he's like, but it's okay. <laughs> like I look taller from far away, which like doesn't everybody like <laughs> That's a very that's a, like incel shit, because it's like, oh, women won't date me because I'm short. And it's like, yeah, you're like, oh, she's not a 10, I'm not dating her. Like that's that's very incel shit. It's concerning, Marco. Stop spending so much time on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I have a theory uh, that Marco is the character most likely to turn um, out of all the Animorphs for self-preservation and will probably at one point save himself and his family as a saving his friends. I know this is a low-hanging like, fruit theory. Should I write down these predictions that you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if, you know, if we, if, we, if we remember it when it happens, we'll just be I like, hold it. I wonder if we have a record of this somehow. Like, maybe... I, I, Look back to the recording at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put it at the bottom of our doc um, predictions. Because I know that you guys had a bunch of predictions last time, which I'll write down. I'll add when I'm editing the episode. Um, so we've got a record of that. Okay. Um, I also had for this part that Rachel m- notices, like, she's she they go through, like, all the characters, you know, and Rachel is like, oh, yeah, people tell me I'm pretty, but I know that's really just a coincidence. And I think that's really interesting and cool to be like, yeah, I'm pretty. I didn't have anything to do with that. It's just how I was born. Like, I don't care. And she's like, it's what's in your head that counts. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Because you normally don't get that. You normally get, oh, like at this time period, 1996, you get, oh, that girl's pretty. She must be dumb or she must be a bitch. Like, she must, there must be something else wrong with her because she's pretty. And she's like, well, I'm just like, I'm pretty. That's fine. Like I'm not stuck okay. up about it, you know. Which, which is something. As I said, like I said, I appreciated her for that. Like she, she finds value in herself outside of her looks. So uh, they morph back, and uh, they have homework to get back to. And Rachel has just six class coming up. Um, so Tobias didn't change back because, as we mentioned, he's permanently a retail hawk. As of the end of book one, stayed in his hawk uh, morph for too long, and stuck being a bird. Um. So. Uh, the kids uh, then are walking home and they're bringing how to profit from their powers if they actually didn't have to fight Yurks all the time. And I gotta say, it's not bad backup plans. I mean, like, uh, uh, Jake goes, like, to Marco, like, what would your powers, like, fight crime? And Marco said, I'm with a mix of pity and amusement. Fight crime? Who are you, Spider-Man? I'm talking show business. I do movies. I could go on Letterman. I could be an entire episode of Stupid Petricks all by myself. I feel like this is where we totally ended up at the end of um, episode zero. Or, you know, we were talking about like what Morse would be for giggles, and we're like, basically, yeah. like, we you could you could run a a business acting or you know other stuff. It's like okay, they got the right idea too. So it's could like, you imagine like you know sure. a TV show, pet dog or something like that, and just all of you like above and beyond the Call of Duty for that animal. Well, it. It'd be really cool because, you know, this book definitely shows more about partial morphs. And um, mm, what if yeah. you could, like, partially morph your vocal cords? So you literally look like a dog, <gasps> but you're, like, you have your human vocal cords. So you're just, like, literally... A werewolf. Yeah, that, or talking dog. Like, forget, like, those, you know, weird, you know, animated but live-action-y, like, things, whatever. Like, you could, you could do it. God, could you imagine, <laughs> like, Moira actually partially morphing into a crow? 
the crow wedding. That would be so funny. Granted, she did <laughs> an amazing great. job on on her own. We don't know. Uh, she might be an animorph, but. <laughs> By the way, we stand Moira in this house. Yes, she we stand Moira. Icon. <laughs> Um, so I kind of have, okay, so Rachel's going to gymnastics class. I have kind of a rapid fire of some things that they changed, some references that they changed from the old version to the new version. So Rachel is going to gymnastics class and she's like, well, when I was little, I had dreams of being the next Shannon Miller. I don't know who that is, but I assume an Olympic person. I think I looked it up, but it was like late at night, so I forgot. And they changed it in the new version to I had dreams of being a gold medalist. And also they changed Dis to make fun of in the reprint. Am I am I old or is Dis not like well known now? <laughs> 90s shit's coming back around um, with the kids. So our time is here. <laughs> We got midriffs back, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all the crop tops everywhere. I love it. I got like five. But it's with high-waisted pants. Yes, exactly. Which I'm pretty sure I've ranted on Are You Serious about how it's much better to have crop tops and high-waisted pants. Anyway. As opposed to your, uh, our youth of, uh, low-waisted jeans and the crop tops. God. And body glitter. Don't forget the body glitter. We are 40 minutes in I know. and Let's go. I, was, I was thinking about this. Like, we're going to do what we did last time. All right. Rachel's at gymnastics practice. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but can I just point out this one little Cassie Jake moment? Yes. Okay. Uh, always. Always Cassie Jake. Cassie uh, and Jake, they're talking about when the Andalite prince, uh, they passed the construction site and the Andalite prince, you know, met his doom there by visor three. And then uh, Cassie at one point puts her arms around Jake's waist and she, uh, was consoling him about his brother who's uh, you're controlled and then Jake kind of strokes Cassie's head and I'm just like whoa we're gonna like blow over that I mean that was like only two sentences and then he just like you know pulls away and just goes <laughs> yeah and just, uh, <laughs> I'm a boy <laughs> and then no go about their business but seriously like can we only get two sentences of that like there is more to dish don't worry there's more. <laughs> I mean, it's just those are very intimate moments of just like kind of spontaneity doing with, uh, amongst your friends, let alone a creep like Marco who's just would just razz them out in all I'm reality. I'm sad he goes. I, Marco has done nothing to earn your trust, but I am sad that you don't like him. <laughs> don't worry. He has his his moments. I mean, he obviously has some books where he heads up the narration, so I'll get to see behind yeah, yeah, the yeah. curtain in that little. Okay. Finally, at her freaking gymnastics class. Um, so basically, they asked Rachel to uh, go kind of infiltrate and talk to her friend, Melissa. Now, Melissa is the daughter of assistant principal Chapman. Assistant principal Chapman is a yurt-controlled uh, person who is kind of like one of the head honchos running of the yurks um, that are controlling some of the humans uh, down in their town on Earth. So Rachel and Melissa are like old friends. Um, but they haven't been really talking for a while. Uh, so she, Rachel's been kind of in a quandary. Like, I don't really feel comfortable about spying and trying to get Cliff just to get him about the Yerks uh, and, you know, and her dad, uh, Mr. Chapman. But she's got to do it. Um, See, this is where this is where it really bugs me with Rachel. I was like, girl. This is not even a big deal. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, spend time with her spying. You're not spying on her. You're spying on them. I know you're using her to do that, but it's like, they're possessed by, like, evil aliens. Like, how is this? You're helping her. Like, yeah, right? Like, how is this? How, how is this a moral quandary? <laughs> like, okay, sure. <laughs> 
I, I just have to say that was like this. Yeah. This is not a big deal. This is the tiniest problem ever. <laughs> uh, so Rachel tries to drum up conversation with Melissa, and Melissa basically gives her the cold shoulder and is just kind of acting weird. And so Rachel starts to suspect, uh, Melissa, are you York controlled too? Because you're not acting normal and not acting like her friend anymore. Um, so Rachel is deep in thought after gymnastics and she's walking herself home. Uh, her plans originally were to actually go to the mall to do some shopping after class and then her mom was going to pick her up. But she didn't do that. She's just too perplexed about the problems weighing down on her shoulders. So a car pulled up behind uh, Rachel and a young man, uh, she kind of estimated like maybe as a teen or a college guy, got out and asks her if she wants to go for a ride with him in a very sleazy, creepy way. And um, she keeps walking away, uh, and he really starts to persist, and he tries to force her back into his car. Rachel runs, and uh, he goes after her, and uh, it's obviously a very scary moment. And she concentrated as she's running um, and begins to morph partially. She starts growing a trunk and tusks and bursts out of her shoes with elephant feet. And then the harasser um, and really potential assaulter uh, runs into her as she's mid-morph. And um, she turns around, blaring her elephant uh, trunk, uh, trumpeting a roar at him. And he freaks out, bolts, and uh, runs away, driving off. I want to pause there for a second. Yeah. Yes, let's talk about this. Okay, a couple of things. The first thing that Rachel kind of describes as she's like going home and walking alone is it was stupid and careless of mm. me. And I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit of blaming the victim here. It's not your fault. It's a absolute human right that you can walk home alone and not assume that you're going to be assaulted. Now, as a girl being out in the world at times and you're walking alone and I, f- I feel a lot of girls get this. You, you hear footsteps behind you and your automatic thing is, okay, like, where's my keys? Uh, how quickly can I be in a well-lit area? Is there anybody around me? Do I have mace in my purse? Like, all those immediate things come into your mind for self-preservation when it's just somebody's footsteps behind you, but you automatically are trained to think that you always have to be on high alert in case anybody did try to harm you or come and bother you in any single way. Uh, it's not a great mm-hmm. mental mentality to be in, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. something that's always kind of there. And also, I just was very frustrated that it was automatically her kind of blaming the victim in this description. Yeah, and I feel like that definitely, I mean, and it doesn't, I'm not saying it. Uh, the narration successfully makes this come across, but it's definitely like internalized internalized victim blaming i guess like kind of internalized misogyny type situation where she's internalized like if i do something stupid Mm -hmm. that's my fault for what happens to me and it's like no that's not how that works like she created this problem yes somehow she created the problem of a guy came up and tried to drag her to his Mm -hmm. car that's not a problem that she created she had the freedom and the right to be walking home after a class and it's one of those things that, like, this book was written, like, what, 25 years ago or whatever? And it's, like, it was, uh, published. like same yeah. shit, like, decades later, like, all, like this is nothing new no. at all, which right. is, like, super unfortunate. And, like, even the attitude is still, like, nothing new. And then even what I thought of was gross, too, was, like, in my mind, like, Rachel's, like, 13, and this person's at least 16 or, like, older. Okay. And I'm like, I'm, like, what are you literally doing? Any age, like, it's gross, but I was, like, this is even, like, grosser. Yeah. She's like he's so old. As, I mean, as like a fourteen-year-old, if 
that's around her age. Like, you don't know how old people are. No, that kind of blurs together. He's old enough that she doesn't know how old she is. Yeah. He's old enough to know better not to do this. I mean, at any age, it needs to be taught that nobody has the right to do this. Yeah. 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 I just, I just like, ah, oh, this this sucks so hard i'm like oh i just oh you just hate that like you know what happens in the real world and you hate it enough it's like now i just have to read about it happening again and then i'm so pissed that the other characters get mad at her yeah like especially jake okay yes marco and they're just the immediate okay we're skipping ahead but basically rachel gets out of this situation and then she gets back to her friends later on and they get mad at her for morphing to save herself in a really dire situation. No asking her, like, hey, are you okay? That was really awful. That was not right. Yeah, it's like you could have been seen, or it's like he could have been a York, or because also Chapman with Melissa came up in his car to be like, I'll drive you home. And so their main worry again is like, you know, when she's seen, I was like, well, that would be on the bottom of my list if I was going to get raped or sexually assaulted. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. It's like, Okay, like, if it, or in the scenario that this creep actually was, like, this alien-controlled thing, at that point, she has seen his face. They can go after him later. No biggie. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it's just misplaced, and, yeah, her friends aren't so great. Yeah, and, and Marco, Marco's like, you're an idiot, and then Jake's like, Rachel knows she made a mistake. We all make mistakes. And it's like, you fucking dudes don't know what's up. Like, what did you expect her to do? It was so very detached where, like, you could sort of feel like from the characters, like, Marco and um, Jake, almost sort of like, a, like, this is a lady problem. Like, like, the, like they, like, oh, you know, how, like, sometimes, like, street men get, like, really weird about periods. Yeah. It was, like, so mm-hmm. much, like, sort of, sort of almost just like that. Like, they don't, they, like, they know about it. They sort of know. They don't really, oh, but like, don't, don't tell me about have it. experience. And they don't. Yeah. And, and they just weren't, like, really gonna, like, there's, like, no, like, empathy or sympathy or anything it's just like oh, it's just, it was, oh, i was like yeah that was marked as uh, another one of my really marco moments uh was <laughs> really marco tm <laughs> <laughs> uh, marco goes to rachel oh that was dumb 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 what would, if that guy was controller and just goes off on her then he wouldn't have been probably kidnapping her in that way he would have been doing it in a much more insidious way like mm-hmm. like it really shows the different kinds of danger I guess. It does. And I don't know where I'm going with that. My, my other personal <laughs> vendetta that I'm like now staging up against Marco is I know he doesn't have his mom, but he really needs some female figures in his life, man. <laughs> he needs like a sister to knock some sense into him because holy shit, this kid. <laughs> okay, so um, Rachel turns back into human. And her shoes are in tatters, but the rest of her clothes are intact. Um, and then Melissa, like uh, Jason was saying, and her dad, uh, Chapman, comes and pulls their car up and uh, offers her to ride home and, and drives her home. They say they saw the guy harassing her and wanted to know if she was okay. And she was kind of like fanning it off like, yeah, it was no big deal or whatever. And Rachel was more worried if uh, Chapman, as a controller, had noticed her morph. But he really didn't let on that he did. But they did notice like her shoes were all in tatters and they are kind of like questioning that. So we get to Rachel's home. It's kind of nice to see, like, what her backstory is, because we saw that with Jake, and that, you know, Jake has mom and dad, and kind of nuclear family with his brother, Tom. Granted, Tom's evil, because he's controlled by a slug monster, but, um, you know, (laughs) other than that, it's Leave it to Beaver. 
Rachel has uh, two little sisters and lives with uh, her mom. Uh, her mom's a lawyer, and it's kind of cool. Her mom works from home and uh, wants to be close with her kids. Um, she's divorced, uh, so Rachel only gets to see her dad uh, a few times a month. Um, and I don't know if it's relevant or not, Morgan, but I wrote down the sisters' names. The sisters are Jordan and Sarah. No idea if they come back into play or mm-hmm. not, because there's some characters, like the woman they rescued at end of book one, that we'll never see again. <laughs> She's the only one, really. Um, Mentioning external, uh, like, peripheral characters are uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Jordan and Sarah definitely are around. I always really liked Jordan because she seems like a mini version of Rachel. She's, like, got an attitude, but in, like, just, like, an assertive attitude. And she's like, very much stands up for herself. Plus, her name's Jordan. My name's Morgan. Those are the same (laughs) name. (laughs) They're both boy-girl names. <laughs> from the, from the nineties. Uh, anyway, I was probably like this came out in nineteen ninety six. They say that Jordan is two years younger than Rachel. Yeah, so Jordan might be like Jordan might be eleven, twelve. Yeah, so and she's still like already really sassy and assertive. And I'm like Naomi, you have raised strong women. Good job, <laughs> gold star. Who's a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, and her dad, she says later, is a weatherman. So oh yeah. Okay. So he's hot. You know, <laughs> yeah, I like how the gender swapped, kind of. Like, because you think of, like, weather girl and, like, lawyers are men. So I like how it's, like, gender roles are swapped. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, this is when, um, after she gets home, she calls all her fellow Animorphs over and the guys razz on her for um, morphing in front of a regular or... A normie. Not a regular. A normie. A creepy-ass yeah. human being and possibly exposing her cover. Then uh, they conclude that, uh, once Rachel summarizes that, they cannot use Melissa to get close to Chapman while uh, Melissa's being distant and edgy, so she's also possibly a controller herself. So the next big bright idea they have is maybe they can spy on Chapman by morphing into a small animal and infiltrating his house. Um, so they conclude um, to morph into Melissa's pet cat, Fluffer McKitty. A black and white tomcat. The best cat name that's ever existed. <laughs> like, they really, really went hard into that Fluffer one. McKitty. Well, if you say that, does uh, your cat respond to you at all there, Morgan? <laughs> no. Okay, so Fluffer is is a tomcat, and they go through this whole thing where they're trying to get him, and Cassie's like, oh, wait, he's a boy? Oh, shit. Like, and you know, about how, like, male cats are are more aggressive, and um, she's like, I hope he's fixed, you know, and they have this whole thing about how, like, an unfixed tomcat is, like, dangerous, and today, my husband was at home working and sent me a text that was like, Cora just, like, ran up and bit the shit out of my hand for no reason. (laughs) She bit him so hard that he Googled, why is my cat being aggressive? (laughs) And found an article that was like, oh, so you've been in our house and seen our cat. Like... Like, it was like, sometimes they'll, like, wait until your hand is dangling off of the office chair and will grab it. Sometimes they'll wait behind objects until you walk by and, like, bite at your ankles. And I'm like, oh, so you've met Cora. Cats are killers. Cats are assholes. Cats, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> they're adorable murder machines. Like, yes. that's it. The only cats I've ever gotten along with are fat-ass <laughs> cats that I like dogs. I'm sorry, I'm a dog person. But, okay, yeah, most cats uh, I met as a child, I learned very quickly, they're mean, especially when you're a small human being. They don't want to you out one bit. Yeah, never grew up with cats. I've uh, only gotten along fat, lazy yeah. cats. They're uh, aggressive. Yes. Uh, and I like how that's characterized throughout this. <laughs> um, okay, so basically they go after uh, Fluffer McKitty, uh, the um, five of them, and uh, they find him uh, prowling around at night in the neighborhood uh, trying to catch a mouse. And uh, yeah, they get scratched up to bits trying to touch him because Rachel has to touch a cat to be able to acquire its DNA to morph into him. So... So the cat runs up a tree, can't catch him. So Rachel has to um, then figure out how to lure him back down. So she's like, okay, I need to turn into a mouse. Tobias gets her the next best thing, a shrew. She uh, then acquires the shrew's DNA and morphs a shrew. I I wanted to point out this moment before that, um, where Tobias is like kind of looking around, you know, because he's he's a hawk. And so he's kind of doing cover for them. And Tobias says there are rats everywhere, rats and mice and all kinds of plump, juicy. He fell silent, embarrassed. Get a grip, Tobias, Marco said. Don't start eating rats, all right? I don't know if I can have someone who eats rats for a friend. And Rachel says in the narration, sometimes Marco is funny. Sometimes he goes too far. This was one of those times. Shut up, Marco, I growled. And then Jake is like, I ate a live spider. Does that mean you and I can't be friends? And they're just like, hey, Marco, shut up. You're being an asshole. Yep, like, collectively. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And these more often. Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to make me turn on the boys? <laughs> My favorite boy is going to be Tobias by the end of this series. And uh, I'm going to be like, Jake is an idiot. And uh, Marco's an asshole. <laughs> Tobias is a yeah, So far, I'm fine with Tobias. <laughs> and Tobias is a sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she turns into a shrew and freaks the hell out um so the shrew's mentality is like you know i have to survive i have to survive and panics is like all the youngest figures of uh, humans around her um and uh she just like bolts and runs away they try to catch her um but then tobias as the hawk a catcher and like calms her down hmm. And it's really sweet because Tobias picks her up and is like, hey, Rachel, think about school. Do you remember school? And I was like drinking wine while I was reading this last night, but I was like, that's so sweet. And I'm drinking <laughs> wine right now, full disclosure. <laughs> and and then he's like, puts her down. And he's like, did my talons hurt you? And it's like, oh, that's so sweet. That's like. Yeah, no, it gave me a freaking panic attack is essentially her answer. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she's like sensing as the shrew. She has like the shrew panic. She's trying to bring her to control with her human um, uh, persona. And she's also sensing food nearby, like maggots eating uh, like this rotten flesh, like in the bushes. Kind of gross stuff. But Rachel gets a, uh, control of herself. And um, she goes to the bottom of the tree. And as the shrew lures down um, Fluffy, sorry, Fluffer Kitty. My apologies, everyone. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a bad word in England, but I'll have to ask Esme. <laughs> well, I know it's a job in the porn industry. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Never looked into it. Jobs fluffer salary. Is it hourly? Are there overtime? Is there performance <laughs> performance incentives? <laughs> More money. 
so um, the rest of uh, the team catches um, the cat, and uh, Rachel turns back on himself and then uh, pets the cat and acquires his DNA. Bada bing, bada boom. I really like how also um, they, so they get the cat and everybody's all scratched up and Rachel, and Marco's like, I'm bleeding. And Cassie's like, we're all bleeding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, duh. We just, we just like, shut up, Marco. just wrestled a cat. Like, and then follow up by, Ra- by uh, Jake being like, I don't know if I should let you do this, Rachel. And then Rachel's like, since when do you let me do things? Excuse me. So it's just like very girl power moment. Oh, yeah. Cassie points out now that Rachel has more morphs than um, any of them. So uh, Rachel can now turn into an eagle, an elephant, a shrew, and a cat. And they kind of ponder if there's a limit to how many morphs you can do. I'm assuming this gets addressed later on, Morgan. It's really funny because Marco's like, I'm sure we'll find out at the worst possible moment. And it's like just <laughs> oh. lampshading how it kind of, that kind of shit happens. But there is no limit. Just Oh, <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> like I said, I'll disclose morphing rules to you, but I will not disclose... Plot points, um, even though I probably already yeah. have a bunch. Oh, three, four, wide. Let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so they let um, the kitty go, and uh, they go back to their homes. And uh, Rachel, uh, next chapter, wakes up uh, by a nightmare. She was panicking as the shrew again, um, but then her sister, I think it was Jordan, checks on her mm-hmm. as uh, Rachel runs to the bathroom and just starts hurling. Rachel kind of like steadies herself and gets her sister back to bed, but uh, her sister is super sweet and saying like, hey, you know, you can always like share with me what's going on and yeah. stuff and you were talking about yeah. weird things in your sleep. And it was just a nice little sibling moment. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Jordan's a yerk, she's going to be a The Oscar goes to her. <laughs> Ever since I joined the sharing, my nightmares stopped. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you know. You know, you maybe want to go. Next day, Jake uh, and Rachel are talking uh, at school, and uh, he related to her. He also had nightmares uh, when he was the lizard, the Annalie. So Rachel then sees Melissa at school, and um, Melissa's still acting weird, saying that everything has changed, like their friendship uh, isn't quite there anymore, and uh, Melissa kind of trails off that her mom and dad has changed as well, um, and then she just like kind of takes off from Rachel, and then Rachel just turns and runs smack dab into um, Mr. Chapman, the assistant principal, um, and he notices she's like a bit jumpy today, because she like starts at the side of him, and... She just sums it up to bad nightmares. Yeah, tough, tough morning to go through. Maggot's gross. Um, the morphing in the dream is kind of cool. Um, and so what they do, so, you know, that's her encounter with Chapman. Then basically the next chapter picks up a few days later. Um, you know, they couldn't infiltrate uh, Chap- uh, the Chapman's house because uh, the day after that, Marco um, and Rachel both had papers they had to do. So they're, you know, taking time to do their schoolwork. You know, love to see hardworking students. Yeah, you have to keep the, the grades while fighting alien races. Right? Come on. Uh, priorities. It's just only middle school. Um, and then the <laughs> yeah. day after that, Cassie's dad's birthday happened, so they couldn't do that. So they're they're maintaining their, their normal lives um, as best they can. Um, and then they do. They finally go uh, meet up together all uh, up by um, 
Melissa and, you know, Mr. Chapman's house. And, uh, you know, Cassie's like, you know, are you sure you're ready for this, Rachel? And you know, we can put this off if you want. We don't have to do this tonight. And my first thing was, y'all are wasting enough time, you know, let's being, get it nor- moving, yeah. being normal. Like, let's. We're at page 76 and nothing really has happened. <laughs> and I still was able to fill an hour of this podcast. <laughs> I know. Well, we just have so much to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like, oh, like, pick it up, guys. You gotta, you gotta do this. <laughs> you know, the world's gonna die. So she goes, you know, Marco makes a joke. They find this funny about, you know, detention, you know, is the least of our worries or, you know, whatever. If, yeah, um, if Mr. Chapman catches us, he'll give you detention. And we're like, <laughs> they, they feel like Marco's the comedic relief. We're really not so sure of that. But, you <laughs> we'll know, <get> there. <laughs> you know, wait until let's get physical, let's everybody. Get physical. <laughs> physical. Oh, that's great. I love puns. Um, but so, you know, it provided them a well needed laugh that's great um she's morphing to the cat the first time she didn't do in the last three days a test morph at no all because yeah, that would have been ridiculous because morphing first into the shrew was so problematic i mean pretty <laughs> sure in the first book when she morphs elephant in the york pool that's the first time she's morphed ever because she yeah. says i did it and it's like okay <laughs> You couldn't have planned that? All right, fine. Like, right, you don't like, have, you don't go over to Tobias's and get dude, like, acquire dude? No, okay, I guess not. You, you don't have 10 minutes well, to no, practice. Cassie practiced and everything. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, be better. Um, and then, uh, you know, as she's morphing, the uh, everybody's commenting on how pretty Rachel is, even mid-morph. So there's our standard, um, why am I forgetting this group of people with their sexual taste <laughs> straight <Sluffers>. people <laughs> no, no 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 people that are into um, oh furries furries i know starts with the f fluffers i could just get fluffer in my head <laughs> so yeah furry so we got a little is this episode gonna be titled fluffers and furries <laughs> oh <laughs> yes um thank you love so... it when the, hot, the episode title comes up with itself <laughs> she said it take a drink morgan <laughs> she comments she feels like liquid steel she really loves the cat more yeah uh, so I noted this main difference. She hisses at Tobias, and Cassie in the original says, take a pill, girl. And it was changed to chill out, girl, uh, in the new version. So Good God, girl. I'm wondering girl. if that was, like, trying to not be ableist, or if it was actually just, like, nobody says take a pill anymore. <laughs> but it seems like there's always a, a more... I- that like maybe each of them just really likes the best like tobias loved the freedom of the bird mm-hmm. uh rachel really seems to like the the independence and confidence of the cat um which is great uh they mentioned about the cat vision being so much stronger like basically just being like, how dope are cats you yeah. know because the tiger last episode wasn't enough but the, the house cat is you know you know really good they're really trying to you know pump it up so then you know she's going um they're getting ready to to go in um I think Tobias does scare her again. Uh, like he scared her as a shrew. He then scared her as the cat. But it was more of like a um. I guess cats are like you know the hair on the back of her you know stood up and her tail popped out just because you know it's like predator you know. And then you know they're they're all a little concerned for Rachel because she seems pretty enamored or distracted with being a cat. Um, again, her first time morphing, she's you know the an- I think the animal brain is really strong as they sort of get used to how each one feels. Mm-hmm. You know about how just even smelling something is you know so great, and they smell another tomcat who's way more dominant than Fluffer, <laughs> and you know sort of you know she gets all these feels about that. 
And, um, you know, Tobias can see this, obviously. And so he's concerned. And she, Rachel plays it off. You know, she likes to play very confident and in control and everything. And so Tobias is worried about her. But Rachel is, she's doing the cat thing. She's, and she eventually makes it into the house. Again, it's everything's about smell. She just smells, you know, fluffer herself, you know, all over the house, which is great. And then, but she does notice. So there's Mr. and Mrs. Chapman. She does notice that Chapman was just sitting on the couch, no TV, no music. He wasn't reading a book or a newspaper, just sitting. So obviously very creepy. <laughs> very <laughs> horror movie aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, very, very that. So that was great. And then you have Miss Chapman. She was doing something at the sink. So a little bit more normal, but again, you know, comment about it's very dead silent, which is also still creepy. <laughs> like there's there's it's it's very it doesn't feel you could get the feeling, you know, so you sort of, you know, see what Melissa's going through. It's like you get the feeling it's feels like a very empty dead house, sort of, you know. Something's off, very off. Yeah. And so then uh, Melissa does come down though and you know is asking her parents for help with her homework about square roots. Um, which they are hard, but imagine when you get the imaginaries numbers in there with the negative one and the one and, you know, algebra just gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck that. So she's doing her homework. Um, and Rachel's like, I should be doing this. I was like, girl, get it together again. (laughs) You can multitask. Yeah. Go cheat off her homework. <laughs> right? And she's, she's like, I had a pang of guilt. You know, instead of doing homework, I was spying on my friends. I was like, spying on your friends. You're not spying on her. You're her. spying on her parents. Like, this is so not the moral issue quandary here. Like, oh my God. Like, it's not, like, let it go. I think it's hard to care because, like, we've already set up the character, uh, the, the main five of the Animorphs, but when you're bringing in, like, these peripheral characters that we're supposed to some care, like, immensely about, like, this feels so wrong, it just, it doesn't deliver because you don't have the familiarity of, like, okay, we just, like, met Melissa here just, like, a few chapters back and now suddenly, like, all in a tizzy about right. should be or shouldn't we And they haven't been that this? close lately, so you're like, then, no, like, what's the... Just go. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) This might be that I've read this a bajillion times, but I think they did an okay job of being like, okay, they had the scene in the gym, uh, you know, at the gymnastics place. They had the scene at school. So they're like trying to show how they've grown apart as opposed to like showing, oh, look how close they are. Instead, they take the angle of it's like Rachel feels guilty where she's like, my friend has changed and I didn't even notice, you know? Yeah. Maybe if they introduced her last book, it could have been better. Yeah. you know, instead of just being out here, but they were such good friends besides these people. So it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, They're doing one but, of these books a month. Yeah. <laughs> a month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they also, you know, comment on basically the cat's attitude. Like basically this whole, like it's commented so much in the, when Rachel's a cat, she doesn't really care about anybody but herself. Like she's like, why should I care about Chapman? Why should I care about this? Like, I don't care. Make me care. And so like Rachel's basically got to be like, I got to treat Chapman like prey to make the cat brain care. And it really tells you, yeah, cats really apparently, the way they portray is don't give a shit about you. <laughs> They're just like, oh my gosh. not my problem. Morgan, your poor husband is your cat's brain. <laughs> um, apparently. So Mr. Chapman just suddenly, you know, gets up, you know, from the, uh, after they dismiss Melissa, you know, so obviously you get the fact like she feels very lonely. She feels like her parents don't love her anymore, which is like shitty. You know, I'm sure lots of kids in the 90s with divorced parents can understand, even though these parents are together. Yeah, I feel like it's almost similar to people who, like, they're together, but the love isn't there anymore or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure 
kids in that situation could relate. Yeah. So Chapman just gets up. He starts heading down into the basement, um, which it's like, are they in California? Because who has a basement? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Nobody has a basement here. Earthquakes, baby. <laughs> exactly. So, but there's a basement. So they, they go down. You know, she she can even like hear spiders in a TV set, which is gross. Um, but there's a simple white painted door. Chapman pulls out a set of keys, unlocks it. There's then a gleaming steel door beyond that. So I'm like, oh my god, you see them in cartoons all the time. Door, 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 door. Slam. Well, Chapman has like a knack for that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. Like, secret doors. Corridors into the earth and having a secret layers. He has stashes of them all around the city now, apparently. S- secret layers on secret layers on secret layers. Who's his contractor? <laughs> You know, a one back cave is not enough. I mean, <laughs> just get a good deal when they're all Yorks. So <laughs> this one was gleaming steel, it looked like a bank door vault, and he it has like a handprint, you know, fingerprint scanner. So it happens. Um, it slides like they mentioned Star Trek. Star Trek gets a lot of mentions in the originals. Yep. So that's I guess yeah. like cool. Um, then there's just it's a simple room. There's a desk set into the wall, gray steel. You know, light panels in various colors. And so then what happens is the light, uh, like, you know, lights are coming on, like an image starts to happen and it, you know, becomes an Andalite, which is, you know, visor three. And so visor, 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 visor three, the third. I don't know. <laughs> I've listened to a couple of Animorphs podcasts and it super bothers me when they mispronounce things. Obviously, it's a book. You can pronounce things. However I mean, I get want, that way like Pokemon, though. We do have visor. <laughs> yeah. From the TV series. I'll go with Vizzer then. I had to consult somebody. Okay, so it's not like Vase and Vaz. It's like actually supposed to be pronounced one way. <laughs> to me, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And Jason, yes. Pokemon names need to be pronounced correctly. I you know. I get so like, exactly. girl. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Okay, so that happens, uh, you know, Visitor 3's hologram is basically there. And um, Rachel just gets, obviously, a terrible feeling from that. You know, they're basically traumatized from when Visitor 3 ate the Andalite prince, which I'm not even (laughs) going to try to remember his name. Um, Elfangor. Elfangor. And, you know, so she's like, she can, she, she, you know, has the, the fear, but the cat brain is also like, who's this? Why should I give a shit? So there's a little balance here, but they, you know, they uh, check in with each other. They basically have names by numbers, basically. So his name is Ennis 226, the Yurk inside Chapman of the Sulp Nyer pool. Yep. So that is our Chapman's Yurk's name or designated number. Uh, May the Condrona shine and strengthen you. I'm like, cult, cult, cult. (laughs) So all of that. Visor 3 gets so mad that they haven't found the the, what they think is the andalite bandits and he you know he's really pushing chapman to to find them and chapman's like obviously made no progress you know they really haven't done much you know yeah where are the clues you know and you know yeah chapman is scared like the 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 yerk and the human body is scared rachel can smell it on him and uh visor three does mention the council of 13 so we get a little peek into a little bit more of the the yerk mythology lore structure power structure so you're like is he number three in the council of 13 so there seems to be some sort of democratic no they're separate okay so they're like a okay so think of the council of 13 as like the supreme court versus the visitors are like um (laughs) the legislative branch you know there's like a bunch of different numbers of visitors well is the visitors like military and the council of 13 is kind of like parliament or yes okay yeah 
kind of like that. Great. What you said. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Council of Thirteen's in charge. The the visitors are just like doing the work. Yeah. So well, I'm yeah, great. You know, even Visitor Three, who can transform into a whole bunch of crazy creatures, does fear something. Apparently, there's something worse than him, which is great to know. But basically, I love the sign too. It says, because uh, Visitor 3 is like, and when the Council of 13 is angry with me, I'm angry with you. And I'm like, if anybody's had a boss before, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can relate. <laughs> I know. I wrote that down too. Because it's very boss employee yeah, relationship it's like triggered, happening triggered. right now. <laughs> so, and, and Rachel, and then this obviously Chapman and the Yerk is just terrified. You know, they're scared. Like, Rachel smells human sweat and something else. She's like, doesn't smell human. It's like, was the yerk itself smelling or pissing itself in Chapman's head. Like it, it, it <laughs> the the slug itself is making a smell, which is a little gross. Um, I wonder, if, you know, what that has on the brain chemistry. But um, so so Visor Three actually does uh, spot Rachel in cat form, and um, basic, you know, it's like, what is this? Oh, it's a cat. It's a pet. And um, the uh, Visor Three is like, kill it, kill it immediately. And it's like, well, you've been found. You've been dented, found, girl. Um, so, but Chapman is like, this would blow our cover. You know, he promised he would make Melissa happy or keep her safe. So, um, you know, he's like, no, this, maybe I shouldn't. And Visitor 3 is like, it could be an Andalite, destroy it. It's like, well, he got to the point real quick. His paranoia was exactly correct. Um, and of course, Rachel is like, fuck that and starts, you know, being cat-like and, you know, acting it up. And Yeah, Visitor 3's, um hologram like uh-huh. strikes at her with his ta- hologram tail blade which can't hurt her because it's a hologram and she like she like puts her ears back and like swats at it and hisses and uh then like changes and like does that cat thing where she's like purring and rubbing up against chapman's leg and chapman's like it's signaling it wishes to be fed <laughs> it's just like yeah that's, that's uh that's what they do and then visitor three is like interesting claws and teeth and ferocity mixed with the subtlety to manipulate creatures larger than itself a worthy yes. creature like all right visitor three you're a cat person you figured them out real yeah. quick because that's the cat yeah, no, he, he likes the cats he's like this is a this is a pretty impressive creature like if it wasn't if he wasn't convinced it was an andalite as a he like he definitely you know liked it um so he was into it and then he's like it reminds me of the the striped creature that attacked the york pool and it's like oh yeah that's the tiger because he was like how did they get such strong things i was like oh you can morph into these crazy big eight-headed fire-breathing things and the tiger was impressive to him and dangerous (laughs) he just really likes tigers man he's a tiger guy (laughs) to you that's one of those guys that gets like a sleeve of a tiger sleeve tattoo like i was like okay yeah i'm sure you know glad he still thinks it's dangerous um but you know so it's you know it's um so to really get his point across visitor three uh warns uh chapman you know the york to like get it done like find these andalites and to really sell his point home he turns into i think it's called a varnax and um it's just like basically it's just like it's very large. It's a long, thick tube. You can we kind of have something like similar in the ocean. I forget what it's called, but this one seems, I think, more yeah. structurally a little bit more solid. And it's got a horrible mouth opening for this tube. It's purple, translucent, and it's got like lots of like tiny suckers, and each of them are dripping in slime. And so it looks terrible. And basically, it he shows him sucking out a yerk from a from a host, 
and I think basically eating it. <laughs> um, so basically, like, if you don't find these people, I'm gonna do this terrible thing. I'm gonna suck this thing out of out of your, you know, ho- you out of that host and eat you. So that you know really drives the point well, home in a gross kind way. Of bookmark later if Rachel was now in on it to go. Yeah, we should uh, accumulate that DNA because that seems helpful in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to find one, one of, of these. these. <laughs> Yeah, so the Miss Chapman's York, you know, comes to meet him, like, you know, what's up? What's going on? And, you know, they're basically go back and forth about, like, this is what he wants. You know, he's being, you know, so pressure about this. It's like, I wish, you know, the Council of 13 would expose him, you know, get him off his back. You know, very boss yeah. employee, that's, whatever. Yeah, that's, what I was, that's the part I noted. I wish the Council of 13 would find out what kind of a mess he's making on this yep. planet. Let them take that Andalite body from him and throw him back into some distant pool on the home world. Exactly what I highlighted. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, that's sh- fucking relatable, because it's like, my boss is incompetent and doesn't do his job well, and I really wish that my boss's boss would figure that shit out and get rid of him, but no, it's never gonna happen, so. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. So so they both go back upstairs, and Melissa comes down asking for, you know, help with homework again, and their responses are very like, yeah, math is hard. Well, you know, maybe we'll help you later. You'll do fine, I'm sure, dear. Like, very much just like, placating like not even bothering so obviously melissa's really sad about this goes upstairs and she's screwed for her test tomorrow (laughs) yeah she's gonna fail i mean her dad's the assistant principal what does it matter (laughs) but you know melissa's super sad and so rachel goes up to comfort her and they cuddle and she's purring and Tobias is like, get out, you're about to, you know, run over your morph time or whatever. And Rachel is being very obstinate to be like, I'm going to comfort my friend, F this or whatever. And so, you know, she she does her own thing. But we do get another great motivation for Rachel. She basically says like, next time Marco asked why we were fighting the Yerks, I knew I would have a whole new answer because they destroyed the love of parents for their daughter because they made Melissa Chapman cry in her bed with no one to comfort her but a cat. So you really get, like, Rachel really gets a lot of background and then further more motivation and development in this book, which is great to see, you know, and it's it's nothing really stupid cheesy. It's like, it's very, you know, you, you like it. You sort of do want to rally around her, you know. Um, she's fighting for the people, you know, her lo- you know, the people in her lives. And, you know, again, Tobias is like, Jake says you need to get out. Stop being, you know, so, you know, playing it so close. And Rachel's like, tell Jake to shut up. Like, she's like, she's like, she is so invested in her friend and making her happy and doing what she can for her. So you really see that. Yeah. And she comes out and she's like, I decided that I don't care what it takes or how many risks I have to run. I don't care what happens to me. I hate these Yerks. I hate them. I hate them. And I will find a way to stop them. So Mm -hmm. it's like, right, there's her motivation. We got Jake's motivation is Tom. Rachel's motivation is Melissa. (laughs) Well, this book kind of has more of a theme of like obviously it was more action and everything with the first book and getting into everything but it's very as we described it's a very different tone here with rachel it's more slow this one's kind of a more espionage uh, Mm -hmm. book overall in its um in its feel with the what she's doing and her kind of mission to infiltrate the yurks and everything it's a different tone but you do get a little bit more of that depth which i agree is is sweet on how much she actually cares for her friend um which i didn't feel we got that connection initially with melissa when we were introduced to her and we're supposed to have these calls to action but now it, it definitely drove it home a bit better mm-hmm. so next they all meet and with that you know they're basically talking about like what to do next 
Rachel wants to go back in because she didn't find out what the Condrona is. And they, they don't know that, you know, she was discovered. She's going to keep that a secret to, from them because they would never let her go back in. But she she wants to go. They need to find wherever this Condrona thing is. That's, you know, and they get, you get some more, you know, feelings together. You know, Cassie is very, because Marco is, you know, obviously bitching because Marco does. And Cassie's like, but don't ever let any of this get in the way of spending time with your dad. He needs you. And we need you too, Marco. But your dad comes first. You know, this, there isn't much point in doing this if we forget why we're doing it. And I was like, oh, Cassie, that's really sweet. But like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I, I thought it was very sweet. You know, again, it's a reminder of the hu- their humanness and their reasons. I think this part was literally just to be like, all right, remember that Marco's mom is dead? <laughs> remember that part. Is Marco's yeah. mom dead? Because they say she drowned, but they never found her body. So is this... Oh my God, is there going to be a twist? Yeah, there has to be a yeah, twist. Yeah, they did say that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. There, there has to be a twist. Morgan? There's what? 64 books. <laughs> there has to be a twist. No, you won't let me go get more wine. <laughs> Have you drunk enough wine to tell us? So they've gathered again by the Chapmans outside at night to, you know, do another infiltration. Again, like the last book, when it came more towards the end, a character was missing. Doesn't always spell hmm. good things. I wonder if this will be a thing. <laughs> yeah, so Jake isn't there, apparently. Um, their excuse is that Jake got grounded and they don't really know why. Uh, she's feeling nervous about this. Obviously, Jake somehow provides, you know, I guess because he's the leader, provides a bit of comfort. Tobias spots Fluffer. And um, he's like torturing an animal, <laughs> but not as true. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, Fluffer is occupied. So Rachel can get into it. She can morph. And, you know, she's, she did it quicker this time. And then she takes off. She doesn't like the rain. The cat brain doesn't like it. And so she then she gets in. She's looking forward to all the friendly smells and sounds of home. So that cat brain is hitting hard. Um, again, Chapman was sitting on the couch. Same as last time. No TV, no nothing. Just sitting there staring. Uber creepy. Chapman gets up. And he heads down towards the basement. Um, the whole problem with this is that now she needs to be extra, like, inconspicuous, invisible. Because, you know, Chapman might not let her get in there next time. She very much needs to stay invisible. They get in. He, they make a pass the double doors. They're in the room again. And then a voice happens. So what's happening? And Rachel basically has a heart attack about this. She doesn't get caught, but definitely has a heart attack. Basically, Jake admits that he's a flea. And he's on Rachel. Okay. Flea Jake. Uh... Well, yeah. And what I like about this is you'll is you'll notice while you're reading is that like apparently the flea can't really even hear. Like he can really only talk to Rachel and hear Rachel with the mind with their with their, you know, um with their mind speaking powers. He can't see or hear. It's like she's supposed to be focusing and being quiet and hidden and espionage and, you know, taking things down and then he's there being like, So what's happening now? What's happening now? What's happening now? Yeah, no, he's just like equivalent to like a cardboard box or I don't know just some like rock or inanimate object he's worse than nothing because he's just <laughs> distracting her right I'm like don't distract her it was the worst it was like such a bad idea it's like you this is not helpful at all it was kind of annoying I was like I was annoyed for Rachel no no detrimental if Jake Flea yeah. hadn't been there like okay all these problems that obviously happen here in a little bit uh don't would not be an issue she <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's get into it, because that's pretty much it. Like, basically, like, the visor program, like, you know, the hologram comes on. She's like, don't distract me, okay? Hello, what is going to happen? Yeah, and what does he do? It, it, it boils down to if Jake didn't actually just, like, trust her, or maybe yeah. thought of a brighter idea to sneak in, like, maybe actually turn into one of those cockroaches he was talking about and followed her down there, he might have sensed things better. I know. To be fair, she did lie. She did, which 
which she does admit to Jake then. He he presses because like Tobias was worried, so we decided to do this. I transformed ten minutes before you got there, or five minutes before you got there. And she's like, Well, yes, I did. You know, Chapman found me last time and Visor three told him to kill me. So he's like, Are you crazy? Are you insane? Q blaming yeah. Rachel again. But like still it's it was just like, yeah not helpful but visor three did note you know started not visor three chapman did note to visor three at the start of their meeting that they have four new voluntary hosts (laughs) taking the minutes of the last (laughs) meeting exactly jake is like too bad marco is in here he'd enjoy seeing the assistant principal get chewed out and i was like this this is not the conversation to be had shut up jake you're not helping not at all and kate just like you said she's distracted and chapman's foot moved too quickly she couldn't keep up with it and she lets out a When you accidentally step on your cat and you have to apologize for five minutes. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I still love you. I didn't mean to. (laughs) Our relationship forever affected. Visitor 3 now sees her again and is like, for sure she's an Andalite bandit. For sure. You gotta kill it now. And Jake's like, and Rachel's like, Jake, we're busted. We're busted really bad. And I'm like, I wonder whose fault this is. It's certainly the woman's fault. <laughs> and so Visitor 3 is like, capture it. I'm going to torture it. It's been so long. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to let find the rest of them. And Chapman gets really slashed and bitten up. I, I really want to see what the hands look like. Because in my mind, this yeah. is a meatloaf. Um, and Visitor 3 is still impressed. He's like a magnificent <laughs> animal. Cause like he go he goes for her and she's like scratching and biting him and she just like is like I kept biting and biting and biting and biting at one point and it's like that's a lot like that's you should go to the hospital if you get that attacked by a cat. One time I was asleep and Cora at that time liked to sleep on my pillow on top of my pillow above my head and when I was asleep I threw my arm up over my head as you do and she clamped down so hard and it took me a second to notice because I was asleep but that swelled up so much and it was the day after I lost my health insurance because I had been laid off at the time and I was like you bitch couldn't have done that three days ago (laughs) Oh god, when it rains it pours. That will fuck you up if you get attacked by a cat in that way. Stitches be yeah. needed. They're not going to the hospital. I yeah. didn't even know that. So the hands are just like, you know, he's forcing he's forcing this body to do this. Basically, Visitor 3 is like, this is the girl's fault. So he's like, bring me the Andalite bandit and the girl. I'm gonna put um he's a yerk in her head. Daughter. Yeah, Melissa. Yes, Melissa. Melissa's gonna get yerked. <laughs> It's a verb now. <laughs> I don't know why about that phrase. Free- that phrasing, I'm not in love with. Okay, that. We'll, 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 we'll we'll workshop it. <laughs> so basically, you know, Chapman has captured Rachel. Well, he and it's because inter- he lets her go at some point and points the Condrona ray at her mm-hmm. and is like, "Get in the cat carrier," and she's like, just sits there. And I'm like, "There's something you could do to make it seem like you're a real cat," but then he's just like, "I will shoot you," and she's just like, "Okay," and she walks into the carrier, and it's like, "Well, that's cover fully broken. All plausible <laughs> deniability is gone because yep. a cat doesn't just walk into a carrier. I guess mine does, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, like when you talk directly at it like that with a gun like yeah so uh you know cassie does not cassie uh, rachel does get into 
that uh the the carrier and then you know uh miss chapman comes down you know still controlled by eric and they're talking about what needs to happen about how now they need to turn over the girl i really want to know like the relationship between the subordinate yerk in miss chapman versus mr chapman you know yeah yeah Uh, because i was just like okay so like obviously they're playing husband and wife here as humans but like is it like just two yerks and they're just like you know you got your subordinate and uh, the boss uh, talking down to him or her, uh, or I don't know if Yerks have some sort of formed society more than just military and council of 13 or whatever. Uh, it was just, it was interesting. It was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, another thing that's been mentioned in these meetings that I did gloss over is that um, it's revealed that uh, the Chapmans are voluntary hosts only because they threatened her, uh, their daughter. Yeah. And so that is actually like, okay, so they were voluntary, but sort of not. They were under duress. But then that happens in the first meeting. She doesn't say that. And she's like, it's like fully recognized. And then it happens again in the second meeting. And she's like, epiphany. So he was really forced like into it to protect his daughter. I was like, girl, well, you're not paying attention the first time because this was already said. She is really Jake's cousin. (laughs) I was just like, I just had to bring that up. I was like, guys, (laughs) like. Come on. But basically, when they mention when Chap- Mr. Chapman and Miss Chapman are talking and talking about having to now uh, turn Melissa into a York controller is um, they actually the hosts start fighting back. Um, they fall to their knees. They're struggling to control arms. They call it host rebellion. And um, mm-hmm. uh, the York and Chapman's head, you know, Chapman's voice is saying, stop it or I'll break you. I'll leave you nothing but a shell. You cannot win. No host has ever succeeded in rebelling. But they do. They fight. And it apparently really exhausts the Yerks, um, this rebellion, and they can do it again and again and again. Um, so it's not something that's, you know, crushed forever. Like, it can it can happen again. Um, and they're concerned because all the real Chapman has to do is do this in a, in a public moment and, and sh- really damage his mental yeah damage his mental health, at least damage his credibility. So, you know, they, they're, they're, they now feel a threat from their host. Mm-hmm. And then Melissa you know, comes down because he's got Fluffer in a carrier cage. He's like, Daddy, Daddy, what are you doing? And this is where the age thing confused me too. It's like, what teenager is calling their dad Daddy? I'm like, some cultures or whatever, but I'm like, I haven't used like the the Y ending from mom and dad like in a minute. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, How old are you? (laughs) Like that's a little weird to me or a little childish. But you know, you know, some people don't maybe she's also regressing because of the way her parents are acting. That's true. That is very true. Because feeling more vulnerable and trying to inflict that sense of uh, protective parent by by going for that softer tone. But but basically Rachel's also thinking it's like, um, you know, if she doesn't back off, you know, she's they are gonna force they are gonna forcefully take her. And so uh, Rachel's like Tobias, you need to bring the real fluffer here. Basically, so it's like the real fluffer appears. There's obviously two. So their plan is that uh, Melissa gets to keep the real fluffer. The real fluffer doesn't get hurt. And Rachel obviously still gets taken away, but it keeps Rach- it keeps Melissa from being like also being dragged along. Taken. Yeah. Totally yeah. traumatizing also. Oh yeah. <laughs> just Melissa just watching her dad darkly and she's take crying, her cat away crying, into the night. Crying. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. So um, Chapman is taking Rachel slash Fluffer out of the house um, and Melissa's like, like, yeah, begging her. And then 
Rachel's like, Tobias, we need the real Fluffer right now. So Tobias, like, chases Fluffer into the yard. And, you know, he comes, like, tearing in like he's been chased by a demon. And Chapman is like, oh, honey, look, there's the real Fluffer. This cat isn't the real Fluffer. I'm taking this cat, an intruder, to the shelter so he can be picked up by his owners. And, like, heartbreakingly, Melissa is like, but why didn't you just tell me that? And it says, Chapman looked confused. I... I didn't notice you. And then she says, but daddy, I was crying. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh God, so my heart. He's like, just like, just like uh. poor girl, especially at that age, like 13, 14, whatever age they are. Emotions be strong. Mm-hmm. So they get in the car. Chapman puts them in the car. She's in the carrier, puts them in the car and they drive to the construction site. Meanwhile, Rachel and uh, Jake are talking and Rachel's like, Jake, you should leave. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. Jump off. Save yourself. And Jake's like, I'm not going to leave you here. But eventually Rachel's like, we've lost this. Better for just me to die and not both of us. And he's like, okay, fine, Rachel. We've lost this battle. I'm going to leave. Yeah, it becomes dark. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Jake, no help. I'm just saying. No help no at all. all. Like, no help whatsoever. And um, so then Rachel is like, Jake, wait, come back. I've changed my mind. And she's like, well, if he lied to me, he would come back. And he doesn't. So she's like, well, I'm alone. I'm going to die alone. And um, so they go to the construction site. Two bug fighters and a blade ship land. So uh, Visor 3 gets out of his blade ship, his like big ship that he landed in the construction site with last book. And Rachel's like, well... I'm gonna die. And she, like, contemplates it. She thinks about it for a while. Two Horkbashir and four Taxons hop out of the bug fighters and kind of, like, prepare for the handoff. Visor 3 is like, man, cats are cool, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, really, the cover should just be Visor 3 stroking a cat Mm -hmm. saying, I finally got one, right? (laughs) I hope there's fan art of that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure there is. So Visor 3 is like, all right, I have the cat. Uh, now where's the girl? And Chapman's like, so our hosts were mad that we- We're gonna do uh, this. We're gonna infest her. And so we didn't bring Melissa. And uh, because if I were to, re- like, if the hosts were to rebel when I'm like in a parent-teacher conference or in front of the school board- our cover would be blown. We would be of no use to you anymore as the assistant principal of this middle school. And Ch- uh, Visitor 3 gets mad. And does it say he holds him up? Yeah, I think so. By his arm, with his arms? No, with his, uh, with his tail. I thought the tail sort of wrapped around his neck and he lifted him up. Or am I just dramatizing this? Maybe he just points the spiked end in his face. Yeah, page bit 155. Yeah. So he puts his tail, he puts his tail blade against Chapman's throat and he's like, why are you defying me? And Chapman is kind of freaking out and he's like, Visor, my host wishes to address you directly. So he's like, all right, he can speak. So he's very weak, like he's on his knees, he can't stand up and Chapman can speak, but he's very like... He, like he hasn't spoken in a long time he hasn't stood up in a long the time the real human mm-hmm. yeah the real human chapman and he's like very he's like on the ground and kind of mentions that his wife became a controller first mm-hmm. and how his wife was weak but he forgives her and i was like okay but she wasn't speaking to you the controller was so you don't know how your your wife became a controller 
you don't know that. Like, you don't know that she acquiesced. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chapman, like, struggles to get to his feet. And he's like, I can resist you. Um, and he says, the girl is no threat, but I am. And so it's like his moment of standing up to Visor 3. And he's like, ask my yerk, ask Innes if I would fight for my daughter. And this is actually his quote on his Wikipedia page, on his Animorphs Wikipedia page. If you harm my daughter, I will fight you. I will fight you forever. Ask your yerk if he believes me. He knows me better than anyone. Ask Innes226 if I will fight for my daughter. And just like... Good job. I know it's kind of emotional. He's like crying and he's like stoic. He's like standing up on his own two legs. Holy wobbly. Innes retakes control and he's like, yeah, he'll he'll fight and we'll be fucked. Like I will lose my position and no longer be of use to you. So Visor 3 is like, all right, fine. Leave the girl for now. I'm busy with the Andalite bandit. So Chapman's like, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets in his car and like tears Yeats off. out of there. Peels out. <laughs> He's like, you don't have to tell me twice. I think human and uh, Yurik were in uh, symbiotic uh, feelings. Right <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, we're in agreement. Let's go. <laughs> um, and so this is when stuff starts to happen really fast. Yeah. Um, so the Yurks start to carry Rachel and her cat carrier <laughs> towards the blade ship. But wait, Jake's like, what's happening? Because he never left. And he's still on Rachel, doing nothing. No! Even though he could have left as the flea and, like, demorphed underneath the car. And he could have, like, morphed into something more helpful than just asking as a lame-ass, Hey, what's up? I can't see, I can't hear, but I need to know what's going on. They do note in this moment that Rachel has about 15 minutes left in morph, which means that Jake has about 10, because he morphed before her... When, uh, you know, Cassie deposited Jake on on Rachel. Uh, Suddenly, an earth mover starts up and Jake's like, well, that means the others followed us to the construction site as they were supposed to. So he's like, all right, I guess I will actually leave now. Even though he could have, like, he could have had more more time to do that. Right. He had left earlier because they were already parked, like, whatever. So Jake's like, all right, time to go. And uh, he's like trying to try a double morph, which means he's going to demorph and, and remorph Tiger. So they get kind of like ready to get onto the blade ship. And the taxon like pilot of the ship is like two minutes until liftoff. And Visitor 3 is like two whole minutes. <laughs> and so he slashes the taxon with his tail and like green blood oozes out. And the other taxons are like, ooh, Dinner. delicious. And so Visitor 3 is like, you and you get us off the ground. The rest of you may feed on this fool. And that's where we learn that Texans will eat each other. Yeah, they're real gross. <laughs> if one of them is hurt in any way, everyone else is like, delicious. Yeah, it's nasty. So they, they make a whole thing about like the feeding frenzy and stuff. Ooh. It's just like, yeah, imagine like giant gooey green centipedes very maliciously eating each other. That's just yeah. like, oh, a tiny lobster claw. It's it's like, mm. I am super mm. interested in taxon, like, because on Earth, there was a bottleneck effect um, for, for example, cheetahs. Yes. And all cheetahs are very closely related because there was an, a natural bottleneck effect that killed most cheetahs. So mm-hmm. the cheetahs that we have are all descendants of that very small group, um, which is not our fault, probably, as humans. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
But it's implied later that something similar happened to Taxons, and that's why they're so ravenous. Like, like some sort of event happened that made food scarce. Like they're opportunistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Um, So Jake's demorphing. The Earth Mover kind of gets closer. That was started. Uh, The Draken beams. The one of the bug ships vaporize that Earth Mover. And Rachel uses the chaos to demorph just enough so that she can open the cage door with her, like, stubby half-human, half-cat hands. <laughs> Cute. She gets out, Jake fully morphs Tiger, and attacks Visitor 3. Then they both run away, and they're like, oh, no, Rachel, you're too small to fight. So she and and you don't have that much time left. Jake's good now. He remorphed Tiger, so he's got two hours, but Rachel only has like five minutes left. So she goes down this concrete pipe and into a basement, and she's like, okay, gonna demorph, but there's so much commotion that she can't focus. And the roof is torn off by Visitor 3, who has morphed some sort of giant rock creature. He's like, you can't escape from me. So she goes and she jumps up on a wall of this abandoned construction site and starts running. And Visitor 3 catches up to her super fast and cuts off her route. And one side is Visitor 3. The other side is like these rebar pipes. So she's like, well, guess I'll jump into the rebar and maybe land because I'm a cat. (laughs) So she jumps off. But then she gets grabbed out of the air by Tobias, who carries her to some trees nearby. And she is able to demorph. I also Googled this and she's like, Tobias was kind of hitting his limit as to how much weight he could carry. Red-tailed hawks can carry about their own body weight, which is on average four pounds. Average house cat weighs around nine pounds. Oh, this he, is a fat cat too. He was he was pulling overtime with yeah, that one. Yeah, he was chunky. Mm. So she goes, she demorphs. They all get away. Jake did get some good swipes, you know, as a tiger, and which is probably comparable in size to the andalite form. It just sucks that morphing actually does heal you. So you know, yeah. those are three morphed and got healed. When it's like, man, a yeah, t- it's good. It's not like a video game where his uh, like health bar will be down next time they encounter him. Right, <laughs> took away so many hearts. <laughs> Yeah. So they have like an epilogue chapter that's like one page and Rachel leaves a note in Melissa's locker at the gym saying, I love you. Your father loves you more than you will ever know and more than he can ever show you. Signed, someone who knows. And I like how it's like, your mom doesn't love you, just your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because she's got daddy issues because... It's the 90s. Yeah, your mom's a lost cause, but your dad, you know. Yeah, your mom gave you up, but, you know, your dad's cool. Um, And she tells the others kind of, like, what she did, and they're they're like, that's fine. Yeah, which is nice. It was a sweet sentiment. Yeah, and, and she's like, next time, and then Marco's like, next time, and then Tobias is like, there will always be a next time until the Andalites come and save us. The end. <sighs> Woo! We got it. We, that's it. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait to see Cassie's book for book three. Nope, it's Tobias. I thought he was. Oh, okay. I know. I was looking forward to Cassie too. It's Tobias. Get ready for some emo shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very emo. Um, the trigger warnings for this one are: there is a hawk who dies. Is it Tobias? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's dead. That's the end of his story. No, <laughs> obviously not. Does but... he get like a hawk friend? Can he talk to other hawks? This is all good questions. And some 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 forest animals get vaporized. Oh, 
Not as bad as the taxons yeah. mauling them, I guess. But that's my my trigger warnings for this one. Um, is a hawk gets killed, and some forest animals, some trout, some trout may have been harmed in the making of this of this <laughs> book. But yeah, other than that, it's fine. Uh oh, and and actually, trigger warning for um suicide attempt. Ooh, it's her <laughs> backstory. I bet Tobias has a really sad backstory. Well, I mean, I was kind of surprised Melissa was in a cutter. Yeah, like she kind of. They, I mean, I feel like this series is apparently tackling some some stuff, and I'm like, okay, it could get darker, I guess. Like, why not? One of them is into self harm. <laughs> like, there's a few in the series. There's a lot of times where characters are like, I accept death, you know. But um, yeah, this one's this yeah this one's kind of rough, especially for like the third book in the series. It's Tobias, you know, grappling with his whole situation. Well, yeah, he's um, basically yeah. disappeared from any parental uh, or guardians, and uh... I mean, but he loved being the hawk. Like, yeah, he does sort of got careful what you wish for, sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, good trigger warnings, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll get through book three. Uh, I was really looking forward to Cassie too, though. To be honest, Jason, mm, Cassie's next. Cassie's book four, which is the dolphin one, which I absolutely loved because I was a dolphin girl. Yeah, she gets the dolphins and the horses. She gets a dolphin book and a horse book. So basically, anything that you want to tattoo up yeah. when you're a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is my Lisa Frank binder. It has dolphins and horses on it. Oh, and butterflies. Don't forget butterflies. Yes. Oh, her. yeah, she has butterflies, too. Wait, is Cassie also a hummingbird? Because maybe she really is just embodying. Uh, there's, no, there's no hummingbird book. Um, She gets kangaroo. She gets... She gets cool shit. She gets all the Lisa Frank animals, except for Jake gets a jaguar, so... Uh-huh. Alrighty, then. Well, um, solid book two done solid book two if you have any like predictions um or comments that you would like to tell me about my obvious knowledge of the series you can uh at me on twitter at morgan underscore slay you can email us at middle morph millennials middle morph millennials what's our <laughs> middle morph millennial no you can add us on twitter at middle morph <laughs> Uh, okay, so what is our name again? <laughs> you can add us on Twitter at Middle Morph, which is great because I learned today that I misspell millennials. It has two L's <laughs> and two N's. So uh, Middle Morph is our Twitter. Woo. We'll get an email. I'll add it in. Jason, where can people find you on the internet? You, you can find me on Twitter at Bottomus underscore Prime. If you're looking to hire, want to pay me well, you can find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Under fluffers. (laughs) Under fluffers. I am open to all industries. But yeah, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. I just finished watching All of Impossible (laughs) again. Okay. And Kate, where can people talk to you? Well, logistically, you could probably contact us through our email once it's composed. In the meantime, uh, feel free to, you know, communicate via Victorian flower language and, you know, compose a beautiful bouquet of uh, secret messages and uh, maybe send that to us via our Twitter handle and I'll, I can get back to you that way. <laughs> but I don't really uh, follow uh, or uh, I'm on social media at this point. Yeah, if you guys haven't gotten a hint about that yet. No, as if I wasn't clear before. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to go through some more ancient 
Hell yeah. Not going to lie, though, that Victoria Flower one actually sounds pretty romantic and nerdy and fun. Oh, it is. Do you want to know, like, how you say hate uh, in flower yes. language? You send somebody basil as the plant. But ba- but basil is love. Uh, no, basil, the one I read was hate. hate. and love are on the same side of the coin, or the opposite sides of the same coin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally love Whoa. basil. Like- Hashtag deep. <laughs> Hashtag hate fuck. <laughs>